Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to Susan Son, who is a writer, speaker, broadcaster, and a social media personality. And we're going to uh, hear a bit of her story today. Tell us whereabouts were you born and raised? I was born in a small town in Canada, in Saskatchewan, called Worsley. I think population of about 900 people. Okay, wonderful. And did you have uh, much of a religious upbringing? You know, I did. I had um, a wonderful grandmother, both of my grandmothers, who were beautiful Christian women. I grew up going to church every Sunday, our, our small church in our town, and um, but didn't really understand the fullness of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, yes, I had a really solid upbringing um, based in Christianity. But it wasn't until my early 20s when life was kind of going in all directions that I, I really got serious with my faith. Okay, and tell us a little, little about that journey. Did you stray away from the Lord a lot in your teenage years, or what happened? No, well, I was always very close to the Lord in terms of conversation and prayer, um, but in terms of I was your teenager um, that did the sex, drugs, and rock and roll situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did, I did, I gave my parents some challenges. Let's say that. <laughs> um, but I was never far from far from my faith. It was always right there, and it was very present and very real to me. I knew that God was was definitely working in my life. Um, when I was nineteen, I had the opportunity to move from Canada to Hong Kong. My sister and I had just started our first business together. And it was doing really, really well. And one of us had to go to do all the exporting and and work on that side of the business. And so I put my hand up. I thought, I'll go. Why not? And I, initially, I thought I would go for a year. But I turned out, it turned out that I lived there for 10 years. And during that time, um, I, I came face to face with, I guess, who God wanted me to be and who I wanted to be. Mm. And tell us about the, uh, was there like a conversion experience or just a gradual drawing closer to God? Well, it was one of those times when, I don't know if you've got a sibling or anybody in your life that kind of just hits you right between the eyes with truth. Mm -hmm. And my beautiful sister is one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I recall sitting in a restaurant and we were having lunch and she started to speak truth to me and spoke about the way I was living and the choices that I was making and God who had plans for me and she just she gave me a perspective of my life being bigger than what it actually was at the time and I remember sitting in this restaurant with you know full makeup on and mascara running down my cheeks (laughs) and me telling her that I was all okay but clearly (laughs) I wasn't and so it was the following Sunday I said to her okay I'm coming to church with you I don't know what this means but I'm coming and I wouldn't say conversion. I don't think I don't think it was a conversion. God has always been very real in my life, as I said, 
But um, I always say to people, I think I slipped into salvation. <laughs> um, because it wasn't, a, like, I can't even remember the date. A lot of people say on, you know, December XYZ 19, whatever this happened. I can't tell you that because God's always been present in my life. But I think it, I, I think I grew up one day. Well, it's great to hear a bit of your story in your early years. Tell us about your 20s. What, what kind of career were you doing? So I, after my sister and I, um, I moved to Hong Kong and, and I was in exporting. We ended up selling our company. And uh, we had been Young Entrepreneurs of Canada in 1988. So we did really well as, as two young girls, not really knowing what we were doing. Um, and I then moved into media and I worked for um, South China Morning Post. And then I ended up working for another media company, and I represented 13 U.S. titles all across Asia, which included the likes of the New York Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, um, top U.S. magazines. And so I, I got into media and on the marketing and sales side back in print days. So that's where my media career kicked off. And I'd love to know a bit more of your journey, uh, particularly, how did you get out to living in the Central Coast, one of the most beautiful parts of Australia? (laughs) Well, my husband was in finance, and we were living in Hong Kong, and we kind of got caught in this trap of living for your next bonus, living for, you know, the wheels were just turning. We had this incredible life. We were traveling the globe with both of our jobs, and things were going really, really, really well. But we kind of got to a point where we both looked at each other and went, is this it? Is this really what we're going to do for the rest of our lives? So we pressed pause. And we were kind of odd. We, Before the age of 30 for my husband, he went into a bit of retirement. Um, He had a phenomenal career in finance. And um, we pressed pause and we really reevaluated everything. And we decided to come to Australia to go to Bible college. And so we came to Australia as mature Bible college students. He lasted two years at um, the college we were at. I lasted six months (laughs) and found it challenging, but ended up becoming one of the lecturers. And I lectured on media and marketing and, and then worked with, Um, an organization in Australia and did all the marketing for them, a Christian organization, and did all the marketing for their conferences. And so that was kind of how we ended up here. And and we went back to North America for a while, uh, six years, and then we've been back here now for another six years. So all up, we've been in Australia for 16 years. Uh, Well, you're pretty much a local now, hey? (laughs) (laughs) Well, all of our kids have been born here. So, yeah, we feel like this is home right now. Oh, that's wonderful. And I remember hearing you speak at a Christian media and arts conference uh, a couple of years back, and you were talking about social media, and uh, you, you got every, a whole bunch of people on the stage and took a big selfie together, like Ellen did at the, uh, the Oscars. And, uh, and I just remember you encouraging, you know, there's a whole bunch of people from Christian radio and TV and film and different uh, areas in Christian media, and you just encourage us to have a bit of fun with social media, to post photos of what we're doing and interact with people and actually be social on social media. And it, it really did inspire me. Uh, it really is a great platform for connection, isn't it? You know, it, it is a wonderful platform and in many ways an exceptional platform. And it has connected us in deep and meaningful ways. It also has a flip side to that, which is an unhealthy side to it. 
um, which I think, you know, I do a lot of writing around that and being mindful of that. I, in fact, I was speaking somewhere recently and I was, I was talking about Gen Z and how once my son, who is 18, he's my middle child, once he graduates from high school this year, the first generation and first um, group of people who will be in the workforce who have never, ever known life without a device in their hands mm. the first time. And so just the interesting shift of what's going to happen as we move forward. Um, yes, it's a fascinating time, but social media, yes, it's a wonderful thing. It keeps us connected. It keeps us um, in touch with family, friends, and it is exactly what you said. It's social, so we need to be social. And I work with a lot of uh Christian ministries as well who are involved in, in social media and uh, you know it's a great opportunity to share God's word to encourage people to you know get people to have a laugh for those listening right now that have been wanting to be more bold in their faith but have always thought oh, I don't want to offend people what, what's some good tips about how to share your faith on social media what are your thoughts on that well I'm a really good question I'm glad you asked this and it's a, my answer is going to be a little bit different than maybe what you expect but I think the key is listen. Listen mm. first. I think, we, I think we've made a bit of a mistake, and we've looked, especially as, as Christian organizations, we look at social media, and for the first time, because budgets are tight, you know, we're relying on oftentimes donations or whatever the case may be. And so we looked at social media and we went, oh, my gosh, this is an effective tool, and it's cost-effective as well. And so we looked at it as a broadcasting tool. And we started to blurt out our messages, thinking in, in good, you know, with good conscience, we thought, well, this was a great way to reach people and reach the lost, so to speak. I think we missed a step, and I think we need to listen to what our friends, our followers, whatever the case may be, if you're an organization, you've got followers, if you've got people who have liked your page, if you're just an individual that's posting and want to, wants to share your face, I think we need to listen to people mm. before we broadcast. And I think when we do that, we actually move into, I, I'm called an engagement specialist. We move into that engagement, which becomes meaningful. And those are the conversations that we want to have. But I think if we, if we use it as a big, uh, remember, I forget what they're called, those horns that... Megaphone, right? Mm -hmm. If we use it as a megaphone um, and blast out what we think people want to hear, I guess my, my point is maybe we need to listen a little bit more and realize that God did give us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. It's so important. And, you know, and it's really, you know, we, we want to build community. We want to yeah. get to know people and listen to them. I, lo I love it. A, a great answer. Now, we are, I'm curious to find out a bit about your book, True You, uh, The Four Words by Darling Check, a uh, well-known uh, worship leader and, and pastor from the Central Coast as well. Uh, it's yeah. about finding beauty in authenticity. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, I've been blogging. I was an early blogger. 2005, I, I started blogging when I don't really think many other people were. And I remember putting my first article out there and thinking, wow, thousands of people are going to see this and they're going to love this. And posted my article, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and I, I looked at the back end of my website and I could see that maybe three people, my mom, my girlfriend in L.A., and one in Melbourne had read what I wrote. And so I was a bit astonished, thinking, wow, you really, I, I thought this was going to be different. And so I kept writing. 
And I wrote from a place of listening to the conversations that were happening around me and listening to what people were walking through. And so I began to write about things that were of interest to people. And so through the years, social media has developed and I started listening. I was always asked, would you write a book? And I thought, well, I don't really know what I'd write about. And I don't want to be one of those books that, for me, I didn't want to end up on the back of a toilet seat where you pick it up for 20 minutes, have a read, and that's it. (laughs) And you pick it up next time. And so I decided to take my own advice again and, and really listen. And so in the, in the dark hours of the night, I'd listen to the chatter online, to the people that were sending me messages. I'd, I'd listen from the articles I'd written. And I decided that I wanted to write a book about the challenges that 21st century women were facing. And not just women, but it, there's a lot in here for, for men as well. And the reason I wanted to do that was because of social media. We have we had begun to, you know, put our best foot forward and we showing our highlights reels and people were com- then comparing their lowlights to everybody's highlights reels. And I went, actually, are we being authentic in what we're walking through? And, and what's wrong with actually things not being beautiful? Mm. What's wrong with being real? And so I put a post out on social media and I, I asked people to um, do a 30-minute interview with me. And I said, we're going to go deep really fast. And I want to find out the truth about you and the lies that you've actually believed about yourself. And I put a little calendar booking beside my post. And I went to bed that night thinking, well, I'll get a few people that I'll interview. And I woke up the next morning and three months of my life was planned. (laughs) And people had booked in and they wanted to talk. And so that was kind of the, the beginning of True You. Um, I've always been an early, or I've always been, um, <laughs> I've loved authenticity, probably to the point of frustration for some people. I can't, I, I don't, I, I don't see any other way but being our true selves, and there's beauty in that, but I think we shy away from that. So, Yeah. It looks like a wonderful uh, read, and uh, I just noticed Darlene Check had uh, written the, the foreword. What's your connection to Darlene? Oh, um, well, that's one of the reasons we're on the Central Coast. I didn't really answer that question earlier. <laughs> um, Darlene and I and her husband, Mark, and my husband, Philip, have been friends for decades. And when they started their church on the Central Coast, um, they came to Calgary when we were living at the time and said, will you come back and do this and be part of this with us and Mark runs a media company and my husband and him work together and so based on that deep rich friendship and commitment to all of our collective dreams we came back and um, yeah we've been part of what they're doing and they've been part of what we're doing and yeah it's, it's been it's been fun it's been years of friendship and kids and dirty nappies and all that kind of stuff and trips and holidays and yeah and it's a beautiful part of the world the the central coast i've uh, I've, my brother lives there too and i've visited there many a time uh, some of the best (laughs) beaches in the world now before we go i'm also curious to find out about getreallive.com a uh, live radio and web community tell us about that yeah so get real live um has was birthed out of something that i originally had started called the family room and i'm passionate about seeing people around the table. I'm passionate about building community and seeing people connected. You know, for me, 
um, I guess, in my faith journey, everybody always says, what are some of the scriptures that stand out for you? And for me, one of them is, he sets the lonely in families. Mm. And so I am, I, part of what fuels me is seeing people connected and nobody left behind and nobody left out. And so Get Real Live is really that that place where we come together, whether it be online, live events, through podcasts, um, and we talk about real things. We don't, we always say that, you know, there'll always be some hilarity. We can even get a little inappropriate sometimes. <laughs> we push boundaries. We talk about the things that are very real and the stuff that is going on in, in our everyday life. And we don't always have the answers. We're not, we're, we're not the experts, but we're experts in our own lives. And we facilitate a lot of really interesting conversation. We also have um, retreats that we host, which are incredible times of coming together and seeing transformational work happen. Um, um, We take people away and spend really, really rich time together. So Get Real Live is a community of people who want to know that they belong and who want to know that there's always a seat at the table mm. and that you'll always be heard and you're always welcome. Well, it sounds like you've, you've got uh, many wonderful things happening in uh, in your career and your ministry. And once again, if people to find out more, the website is getreallive.com. Susan Son, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, Matt. I've appreciated it. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.